0: see everyone here this morning. If you're a visitor, we would like to welcome you and welcome you to come back at any opportunity you have to worship with us here at Anna Street. I appreciate Zach very much reading that chapter for me this morning. Whenever I first got this subject, you know, it was kind of odd to me that I really never heard a lesson on it as long as I was growing up in the church. But the more and more I got to looking into this subject, the more and more I realized I had... Because this subject goes hand in hand with another subject we talk about a lot from the pulpit. And the subject that I've been given this morning is meditation, the discipline of meditation. You know, whenever we think of meditation, maybe sometimes we think of the guy sitting with his legs crossed, his arms up, um that kind of thing. And that's what the world today perceives as meditation. But meditation to a Christian is essential. Meditation is commanded by God, I believe, and God expects us to meditate on on the things that He would have us meditate on. Well, then, if it's essential, then what is a working definition? You know, whenever something's essential to me, I like to get a working definition, that way I know what it is. I like to get a definition, and I go, okay, this is what I need to do. If I do this, I will be successful in this endeavor. And, and, And this word is no different to me. So what is meditation? You know, we talked about maybe the guy sitting cross-legged out there meditating in the grass. We've all seen people that do that kind of thing. Clearing their minds. But I don't believe that's what God intended for us to do is meditation, clearing our minds. Now, I believe it will clean your mind. I believe it will make your mind pure. But I don't believe it's clearing your mind. Webster's defines it as to engage in contemplation or reflection. To contemplate something, you know, how is this going to help me? Reflect on things that you've done in the past. How would this have helped me if I would have known this in the past? How can I do this better? What is this trying to tell me and how can I apply this? I'm contemplating it. It takes effort. Contemplation is an action word. It takes effort on our part part to meditate. It just doesn't happen overnight. And to be honest with you, it's against probably what we naturally would want to do. You know, as humans, we like to think about worldly things. We like to meditate on worldly things. Whether it be our careers, our schooling. What's on TV that night? What sports teams are doing good? if our sports teams even doing good? Those are the kind of things we like to think about because we enjoy them. But you will not get nearly as much out of those kind of things as if you were meditating on the Word of God. I guarantee it. This is something that I've struggled with. You know, for a while, when I was in my teenage years, I thought that if I came to church three times a week, listen, I, I was pretty good. I really didn't have to do much more. And then I realized on oh, what a wonderful thing I was missing out on. I would get myself into problems. I would get myself into some sorts of troubles. And if I had just been meditating on the Word of God, knowing the Word of God, getting in the Word of God, he had the solution right there before I even made the mistake. But I had other things going on. I was too busy. Life got in the way. Study is a part of meditation. You know what? That's what we hear about that a lot. We hear about you need to study your Bible. Well, that's good. That's real good. You know, 2 Timothy 2.15, most of us in here could probably quote that. Study to show thyself approved. We know that verse. That verse is hammered into us. We know we need to study the Word of God. That's strictly commanded right there. Study to show thyself approved. We hear about that all the time. Well, why don't we hear about meditation all the time then? Because as we get deeper into this, you're going to see how these just go hand in hand. They fit together just perfectly. And I'm very glad there wasn't another discipline called study because we would have stepped all over each other's toes on this one. If somebody else had to get up here and speak about studying, or I had to get up here and speak about meditation, and if somebody had talked about studying, it would have been a very short sermon. You probably would have been very happy about that. If you look in John chapter 20, I'm going to go ahead and read this, and we're going to read verses 30 and 31. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So if you read this, you can believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you can have life in His name. Isn't that something you would want to study? Wouldn't you want to know how to have life? Isn't that something you would want to know? That we can have life in Jesus' name? That's something I think I would want to study. Well, whenever I think about study, well, what's the definition of study? Every time I've studied, all I've done is read. Read. Well, then you're missing out. The Webster's defined study as the application of mental faculties to the acquisition of knowledge. Now, can't you see how meditation and study go hand in hand? You're contemplating something. You're using your mental faculties to obtain that knowledge. And in this, in this particular sermon, the knowledge of God... Knowledge of what God would want us to do. Have you ever heard the saying "It went one, in one ear and out the other"? I had a very bad habit of doing that when I was studying. I would just get in here, read, 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 and I'd read a lot. And I thought, "Man, I got a lot done." And then my dad would ask me, you, uh, "Have you been studying?" I go, "I've been doing good, man. I read three books today. What do you remember?" Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see. That's not how it needs to be with God. We need to let it marinate in our minds. We need to think about it. You know, there's many stories in the Bible you could do that with. You could break it down so far. And find ways it applies to your life. You know, you have the parable of the sower, which is one of my favorite parables. I'm not going to read it. But when you really break that down, you can find out what kind of soil is your heart. Are you the good soil? Are you the rocky soil? Are you the soil that the birds come and pick it up and fly away? When God tells you to do something, how do you receive it? What kind of sower are you? Do you get up early in the morning and go out and sow the Word of God, or are you kind of lazy about it? When you really get down and break these things out, you can find things that you need to do. You can find things to help you through troubled times. But in this instant gratification society, we would just want to know it. One of my teachers I had from high school, I, had, I was a friend on Facebook, and he said Google is killing the education of America. Because nobody has to learn anything. You can just type it in and there it is right on your screen. You don't have to study anything. You don't have to know it. You know, whenever we took tests, we had books, we had to study, we had to really get into it. These guys can look it up on a computer. I know I sound like I'm from the dark ages. I graduated in 99. But we didn't have Google. Don't live your life in God as a Google. Don't go, well, I just need to know what the verse is, so here I'm just going to type it in. Oh, that's the verse, okay, now I'm going to forget it. I got what I needed to out of it. I showed my friend this verse. Now I don't need to remember it anymore. That's not how it goes. Marinate in God's word. Your life will be so much richer. Well, then what are some of the benefits of this meditation that we're talking about this morning? I believe the benefits are endless. I've just picked out a lot that just jumped off the page at me. And I could have had a more expansive list, but we've been here a long time. One of the first benefits is you ha- you build a strong foundation. You know, we, when a new Christian is brought into the kingdom, that's a trying time for them because if they don't get in the Word, they're not going to grow. They're not going to have that foundation that when bad things happen, they're going to be like the in the parable of the sower, the seed that fell in the thorns, and it's going to choke them out. If you don't have that kind of foundation. You know, there in Psalms 1, it says that the guy that meditates on God's word day and night is like a tree planted by the waters. You know, a tree that's planted near a water source is pretty hard to tear down. It's not going to die very easily. It's got that good root foundation. Or are we like in Ephesians 4 and 14? Where we're just tossed to and fro with every word of doctrine. As the Bible says there Are we tossed to and fro by people Or do we have that solid foundation Because we've been in God's word We've been meditating on God's word We know what God's word says for us Or can somebody come in and just toss us Whichever way they want us to go One of the things that irritates me the most Whenever I'm talking to people about religious things Is well my preacher says Well what do you say What do you say about the subject I don't want to know what your preacher says I can ask your preacher about that subject if I want to I want to know what you think about the subject Too many times in religion, we're ready to let other people think for us. We're ready to let other people make the decisions for us. And we're just going to follow them blindly because they went through seminary at some Bible school. And we're just going to follow them blindly. That's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to have a strong foundation in His Word. That way we're not blown around that way. That way we know where we need to be. And what we need to be doing. And the only way to do that is to meditate on His Word. That's the only way to do it. You can't just read it and forget it or else you'll be out there just blowing whichever way. It stimulates growth. Are you not the Christian you want to be today? Well, how's your meditation? How's your study life? If you want to grow, that's how you do it. You have to get in the Word to grow. You have to know what the Word says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For you until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal. For where are the things you are envy, strife, and divisions among you? And you are not carnal and behaving like men of like mere men. For when one says, "I am of Paul," and another, "I am of Paul," ye, are ye not carnal? What he's saying there is, you haven't grown since the last time. I fed you with milk last time because you couldn't take the stronger stuff, and you still can't do it. You haven't grown any. There's still and there's still strife among you. And if we want to grow the way we need to grow, we need to get in God's Word. We need to study God's Word. And not just to say, okay, yeah, I read five books today like I used to do. Or I read five chapters today, look how good I am. I can't tell you a single thing it said, but I read it. In 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 2 as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that ye may grow thereby I don't know but whenever you're a first Christian don't you just desire the word of God whenever I was first baptized I mean I wanted to get in the word of God and find out what he wanted me to do I had that desire it says here like the baby desires milk you know it doesn't take too long to figure out when a baby's hungry Whenever a baby's hungry, they let you know. It doesn't matter if it's 2 in the morning or midnight. They're going to let you know when they're hungry. But I believe somewhere along the way, we lose that desire and we start regressing. I don't know whether it's just life gets in the way, as I've said. We think life gets in the way. But don't ever lose the desire to learn more about God's Word. Don't ever lose that desire. Because once that desire is gone, it's hard to get back. You know, I had a football coach one time that said, You're not, you're not, stay- it's the hardest thing you can do is stay right where you're at. You know, you're not getting any better, you're not getting any worse, you're just right where you're at. That's the hardest thing to do is just maintain. He goes, You're either getting better or you're getting worse. And I'm here to tell you today, as Christians, we're either growing or we're regressing. It's hard to stay right where you're at. And we need to grow, we need to get in God's Word and meditate on it. To find out what he would have us to do in situations. That way it doesn't blindside us. When those situations come come about. It helps us to withstand temptation. You know this is a big one. You know when Jesus was taken out by Satan to be tempted. Every time Satan tempted him with something. He came back with a a Bible verse. Do you have a problem with a certain temptation? Find out what the Bible says about it. Put it in your heart. And when that situation comes up again, you're going to be stronger to withstand it. Because you know what God would want you to do. Don't ignore your temptations. Don't ignore them. Or else they're going to catch you every time. Learn about them. Learn what God says about them. If you have a problem with lying, with stealing, get in the book and see what God says about it. Because it's going to make you stronger to withstand those temptations. You know, the writers of the New Testament said that God provides a way of escape for, from temptation. And sometimes all it is is just simply reading what God would have you do instead. And learn about it and think about it. Whenever you're in those situations, think, say, well, what would God want me to do? You know, they used to have these braces. Well, WWJD, what would Jesus do? I believe that was a good concept because whenever you're in that situation, what would He do? What would God want you to do? And if you've meditated on it, you know what your weaknesses are and you've read the scriptures, you're going to be more likely to be able to stand up to it. You will have a better relationship with your God and your Creator. You know, in Isaiah, Isaiah talks about the way that God's thoughts are compared to our thoughts and how much higher they are and how much higher His ways are than our ways. It doesn't come natural for us to think like God. It's not something that we do naturally. And if we want to be more God-like, we're going to have to think like God. In order for us to do that, we're going to have to know how He thinks. Now, are we ever going to know all the mysteries? No. I don't believe we'll ever know everything that God knows. That's not going to happen. But I don't think He requires that of us either. But this tells us what God thinks. And if we want to think like God and we want to try to get up there and be more God-like, we're going to have to put an effort into thinking more like God. Putting the things in our mind that God would have us to put in our minds. Not the things that the world tells us to put in our minds. Keep His scriptures in your head, in your heart. You know, David, the book of Psalms, he's always talking about putting the Word of God in his heart. Do we do that? Do we strive to put the Word of God in our hearts? Or do we just try to do enough to where we fool everybody into think we're just as good as everybody else? Do we just do enough to try to get by? You know, math was never a good subject for me. I struggled and struggled, and I just did enough to get by. I did enough, just enough to where my dad was okay with the grades, my coaches were okay with the grades, and I could play football, and I got through with that math class. That's all I wanted. Do we do that with God's word? Or do we put it in our hearts that way we can have a better relationship with him? That way we can think like him. That way when situations arise, we can react the way he would want us to react. Or do we just try to do enough to get by? We can be a better worker for God. You know, God asks us to be workers in His vineyard. In Hebrews chapter 5. Chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse number 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, that you sh- that you have not come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In a nutshell... How are you going to teach something you don't know? If you want to be able to go out and teach people about God, you need to know about God. You need to know what God would have people to do. And again here, he starts using the comparison of babes. You know, we expect babies to learn from us, not the other way around. But yet, we've, we as babes try to go out and teach other babes. And that hardly ever works out. We need to know. We need to get into the scriptures. That way we can teach others. That way we don't have need that somebody come teach us the first principles again. But that we know them and that we can teach other people. Have you ever sat through something and you go, go, I know more about this subject than what this guy talking about knows about it. I hope you're not feeling that way this morning, by the way. But if you are, you can come tell me afterwards that I will apologize immensely. But there's nothing worse than trying to learn from somebody that you think has no clue about what they're talking about. One of the biggest pet peeves in my industry, we drive, we, we drive uh, buses. And one of the biggest pet peeves is we have some guy that hasn't drove a bus a so we come up there and try to tell us how to do everything. That's just one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> I've been doing this for five years and you've been doing it for a day and you're going to tell me how to start doing it. <laughs> Doesn't that kind of get on your nerves when you, somebody that hasn't has as much experience as you, maybe somebody under you starts trying to tell you, well, you know, you're not doing that right. They could be totally right, but it still bothers you. <laughs> we need to make sure we have the experience to go out and teach other people. And always remember, you are what you eat. You ever heard that saying? It's, it, it rings true in this as well. You know, I, last night, I sure hope I wasn't. We went to a Rough Riders game with Amber's FCA, FCA group. And it was all you could eat, hot dogs, bratwurst, and nachos for the first two hours. Now, if I was what I ate that night, I wasn't very good. But you know, runners, athletes, they eat to what they want to do. They eat to what they want to be. Because in order for their body to do what they need it to do, they have to have the proper fuel. Spiritually, it's the same way. If all you're doing is putting in your heart worldly things, that's all you're going to be is worldly. You're going to be a worldly person. You keep putting in worldly things, it's just going to be worldly. You start putting in spiritual things, you're going to be more godly. That's just plain and simple. What you put in is what you get out. If you put in the effort... To be godly, you'll be more godly. If you put out the effort to understand his word and meditate on his word, you'll be more godly. If you choose to put all the physical carnal things in your mind and in your heart, you'll be more worldly. That's as simple as I can put it. It may not be elegant, it may not be eloquent, but that's, that's, that's the facts. If you want to be more godly, feed your spirit godly things. Now that we know the benefits, what are some tips? Well, the first tip I would like to give you is it's not a race. You're not racing anybody. You know, some things come quicker to others. You know, the Old Testament is something that I struggle with a lot. I may have to read it five, six, twelve times. Go back and read other things to know what to talk about from before times. and It's just hard on me. It feels like it's taking me forever. But by the time I get done, I understand it better than what, I've, than what I ever could have if I would have just read it and just left it alone. You know, don't get frustrated if it doesn't come to you immediately. If you're in there and you're studying a scripture, and it's just not, study it again, read it again, meditate on it some more. Don't give up because don't get in that, say, well, I've got to get this finished so I can move on. Make sure you know it, then move on to something else. Don't rush through it and go, well, I've got to get this certain chapters done by this time. I mean, goals like that can be good, but if it's causing you to miss information that you otherwise wouldn't have, it could be a bad thing. Be sure you get the information and don't try to rush through it just because you want to get to the next thing. You will never know it all. There's never going to be a point where you can just throw up your hands and go, Okay, I know everything. I don't need to do this anymore. It's not going to happen. Have you ever heard the saying, That man knows, has forgotten more Bible than I'll ever know? You forget things. Things that aren't right there in the front of your mind, you'll forget. That's why you need to be constantly in His Word. Have you ever seen a sports team that got way ahead and just thought they had it had it locked up? The thing that always comes to my mind is gay. Hey, it was a playoff game between the Bills and the Oilers. The Oilers were up by like 35 points at halftime. And they just glided to the second half and ended up losing the game because they thought they had it in the bag. You, you know when you're most vulnerable to Satan when you think you know everything you need to know about God. That's when you're most vulnerable. That's when he can just reach out there and grab you and go, oh yeah? You think you know everything? Well, how about this one? That is when you are most vulnerable to falling is whenever you think you know it all. You know, pride goes before a (laughs) fall. You're never going to know it all. Keep learning. Keep growing. Don't regress. Don't think I figured it all out. I don't need to do this anymore. You know, my dad, whenever we were growing up, I was about middle school age, I guess. He started giving us verses for the day and to apply those to things that we did in our daily life at school. And it helped me a lot because sometimes it was about lying. Sometimes it was about gossiping. Sometimes it was about stealing. And when those opportunities or things that came up and I really had to look at it, it really helped me a lot. Now, I'm not saying this is something you have to do, but it helps. Pat Manning used to uh, read scripture, read, read five or six verses. He told me this every morning. And then he'd just go out all day and find where those five or six scriptures would apply to something he was doing that day. And again, I'm not saying you have to do that. But that's what he would do. He would just read about five or six scriptures and go out and see how that would apply to his day. He said it helped him immensely. What about a partner? I don't know if I spelled that right or not. I just popped up there and I... Kind of shocked me there for a minute. Okay. Well, partner. Well, you know, just because you're meditating doesn't mean it has to be all internal dialogue. You know, there's some things that I haven't understood before. I went to my granddad or my dad and we've talked about it maybe they have more knowledge on the subject and they can point me in the right direction there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with being hey man I really don't understand this it's really giving me fits what do you you think about this and we have men in here that would be willing to do that we have two elders Matt and Nancy they would be more than willing to sit down with you and talk about scriptures if you're having a hard time I know know both of them I know Matt for a while now and I've known Nancy practically as long as I can remember they'd be willing to do that I know them We got an evangelist, Brother Mike, again, I've known him as long as I can remember. He'd be willing to sit down with you and help you try to understand God's Word. If you're having problems there, just ask, hey man, what do you think about this? What am I missing here? Maybe they can have that one thing that puts it all together and then it clicks. The light bulb bulb comes on. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And in closing, there's a challenge in God's Word I would like you to look at very closely with me today. Because I believe if you do this, your life will be so much richer and you'll have such a more godly life. And you'll be more pleasing to God if you can do this. It comes in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise... Think on these things. That's what you need to put into your mind. And as I look at all these things, if they're true, if they're honest, if they're just, if they're pure, if they're lovely, if they're of good report, to me, nothing is as pure, as honest, as just as the Word of God. If you put that in your mind and you can do this, it'll help you immensely. Put out the things that you shouldn't think about. You know, just because you have a fleeting thought doesn't mean you're a bad person. But you don't need to let it put roots in your brain. You don't need to just sit there. Go ahead and get it out of your mind and put something else back in there. Don't think about the evil things, the worldly things. Think about the things that God would have you think on. Meditate on those things. And you will realize in just a short time how much closer you are to your God and your Creator. And you'll realize the things that he would have you to do in certain situations. And it will help your, it'll help your life out tremendously in just about every way that I can think of. There's nothing in here that, there's nothing that God doesn't know how to take care of. God can take care of it all. But we have to put those kind of things in our minds. Take the, take the scriptures, put it in our hearts, hide it in our hearts, that way we know it. That way we can use it when we need it. And I challenge you, brethren, as we said here in Philippians, put these kind of things in your mind and it will make your Christian walk a lot easier and a lot more fruitful. Maybe you haven't had the kind of meditation or study like you have. Maybe you don't feel like you're growing like you should have. You know, there was in, there's a saying my dad loves. It's, he says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best times today. You know what? The best time for you to have done it would have been when you were young. But the next best time is right now. Commit yourself to getting in God's Word and meditating on it. And it will enrich your lives, I promise you. If you haven't and you feel like you need the prayers of the church to help you with that. Or maybe you don't want to come forward. Maybe you just want to talk to somebody. We're willing to, and able to help you. As I said, we've got elders, evangelists, we've got members here that are very skilled in the Word of God and they will help you out as much as they can. But don't go home to t- today without making that commitment that I'm going to get more in God's Word and I'm going to know what He wants me to do. Because it will make you a better Christian, and it will make you more pleasing to God, and it will bring you closer to your God and your Savior. And that's all what we all want. So if we can help you in any way, won't you come as we stand and sing?